3: Well, help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection over 10000 Recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Quick shout out to our good friends at AM 1410 KGSO in Wichita. We are the number one show in Wichita. My guy Doug down, set us up. And after uh, four work days off, daddy's back. what I miss? what I miss? Oh, PJ and Live combined. Yeah, I'm sure Dan Beyer had a field day. As we're going out to the U.S. Open next week. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, the head of NBC Sports just left for the Notre Dame athletic director job. Continuing to talk about college sports uh, conference expansion. I got some stuff for you on that. Of course, uh, we have Dalvin Cook, who you just heard from Dan Beyer, got released. Um, and you got asinine statements from analysts who are former players acting like running backs are somehow done wrong. What else you got? Oh, you got uh, the Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only three undefeated teams: seventy-two Dolphins, Father Time, and yep, that one too. Uh, and then we got the NBA Finals, which will get back underway tonight. Um, if you follow me on IG at Gottlieb Show, it's so it's so interesting. Jace, do you didn't know I was in Montana until yesterday?
2: No, I didn't know you were in Montana until you sent out a picture of you and your son on horseback. So what was that, Tuesday? That was t- Tuesday.
3: Uh, that was Wednesday. What day is it? Today's Friday? So that was yeah. Wednesday.
2: Just to give that the was- listeners a little look-see into what Doug Gottlieb's like. Like Most people would be like, hey, man, can't wait for this. I'm going to Montana a week out. But uh, the only way we found out as a crew was when you text or tweeted out a picture of you on horseback.
3: Well, okay, so full disclosure, (laughs) full disclosure, okay, I was, we were, my son and I were were set to take, to spend a week together, and uh, we were going to, we played in a tournament this past weekend, and we were going to head to Oklahoma, he was going to see his grandparents and be in a basketball camp, and then we were going to play this weekend in Wichita with uh, my college roommate, teammate, Rodney Suter's team. Uh, the the uh, Oklahoma Pacers so anyway um, and I have a really close friend of mine who's got a place in Montana and we were supposed to like the the we were supposed to do a camp in Oklahoma and it's not going to be until next week because my buddy who's running the camp's son is playing for team USA in Mexico so I was like hey let's call it audible you we've been talking about going and doing some doing a bro trip for a, for a while so we Flew into Montana on Monday, um, and we just hung out and we did we we went on a trail ride, we did whitewater rafting, we did zip lining. Um, The place where we stayed has this cool like actual basketball gym and like workout, so we lifted every day and worked on his game a little bit every day. We watched movies every night. It was just it was an awesome kind of father son sort of uh, turn off our phones for a little bit and hang out together trip right I mean he's going in eighth grade like these things he's going away to summer camp these these times don't happen that often and I wasn't going to take as much time as I took off but our boss the benevolent dictator that he is kind of mandated like no dude take that extra time and have some time with your kids so I appreciate that because it was awesome I wanted to talk sports but I did, I mean, if you'll notice the volume of tweets, I was without my phone for huge portions of the day. It was so freeing. it's really freeing. But it is one of those things, and, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to a place where you're, you're, it's, my friend has a house up there, and he's like, man, I could live up there. And you're, you know, after a couple of days, you're like, I could live up here too. On the other hand, you start to like, okay, this is kind of fantasy land. It's not like that really living somewhere. Um, I do think Montana is awesome awesome in every sense of the way it is beautiful um the weather wasn't great when we were there but that made it even better because it just gave us an excuse to to sit around and then at night we were out stargazing and looking up and like you just you forget how beautiful the stars are when you live in Southern California and where I live you can see some of the stars but I mean they are you're up where we were we we're up at like seven eight thousand feet you can see everything completely bright bold clear it's amazing amazing so next week, the US Open. What I mean. Oh, what did we miss? We missed. I mean, game two didn't get a chance to react. Game three, we did. Here's the thing. Okay. Game two, and I this is why I hate picking number of games in a series. I think the Nuggets are better. I thought it's five from the standpoint of I thought the Heat could win a game. I thought it would be one at home. Um and the way in which a, a team the the reason that the reason that the Princeton style of the Princeton offense was created, right, was so that inferior teams or inferior athletically talented teams couldn't compete with superior athletically talented teams. Right, like that's the the working model of Pete Carril. Is not just in terms of teaching you how to play basketball and spacing, whatever, but it's a style designed to where you don't have to dribble much. If you get pressured and overplayed, they're set. Backdoors and back cuts, which take some of the pressure off you. And it's designed around the three-point shot, which is the ultimate equalizer. Well, look back at how Miami won game two. And again, I'm not being critical. I know Bayer. I know you guest-hosted. I appreciate it. I know Mike Harmon and those guys. I know that we had several different people in. And I know yesterday, I think, you guys had Olden Polonese in, who's, who's awesome. and So I don't— I'm, I, I I really did disconnect. I'm not going to go over old topics. I will point out though, that in game two, that's the classic underdog team finding a way to win. How do you find a way to win when you when you're not as good? You want to play at a slower pace or a different pace than the more talented team wants to play at, right? what ha- that's why Syracuse when they've been good, why at times they get upset in the tournament because teams when you're playing against a zone, you can the offense can set the pace and it's usually slower. Right? That game was played. Denver had 86 possessions. they like 95 to 100 possessions in a game. And how did Miami score? They made 17 of 35 three-point shots. And then you factor in the ultimate outlier. The fourth quarter, they scored 36 points on 19 possessions. That's the best quarter either team's had in over two years. Then, unbelievable start to the fourth quarter. They hit a ton of threes, and they slowed the pace of the game, which frustrated the, frustrated the Nuggets, and they ended up pulling off the upset. And the Nuggets still nearly tied the game on a step-back three from Jamal Murray, right? You get back to the normal pace, and the Nuggets figure out the zone, and... I mean, the only thing keeping that game from being a 25-point game is the Nuggets got a little tight late and a little lazy late and allowed uh, Miami to kind of hang around and hang around and actually make it somewhat of a game late in the fourth quarter. That leads us up to tonight. You got game four, which if the Nuggets win, it feels like the death knell. Here's Jimmy Butler on his prediction.
4: Anything. I continue to be who I am. We will continue to be who we are as a group, as a team. We live out right here and we're going to compete together. We're going to win together. We're going to be who we are.
3: Here's uh, Eric Spolstra on his team's
5: challenges in the series the more experience you have the more perspective you have about how difficult this really is these are extremely difficult challenges and you know you end up being even more grateful when you get to this level it it should be what it is it's the highest level uh, of competition uh, and our guys thrive in that they love it you know even after games like last night our guys love to compete and put it all out there
3: here's Mike Malone on his defense of Jokic's defense.
4: When you look at Nikola, so many people just use an eye test to debate whether he's a good defender or not, and th- that is just uh, almost unjust, if
5: you will, because you have to get past the eye test. You have to look at all the all the things that he does. He has great awareness, great IQ, great anticipation, tremendous hands.
4: So he's doing a lot for us to get to this stage in the finals, and then for us to have a, a great defensive performance last night. His fingerprints were all over that game. So is he going to go above the rim and block a shot or pin something to the backboard? He's not going to do that and stop expecting
5: to do that. But if you really know what you're looking at, which a lot of people don't, you take a a real sense of, okay, this guy is a good defensive player and he's doing it with an IQ and an awareness that a lot of people just don't have. Well, I would, I
3: would agree with that. He's got unbelievable hands. He has a not knack for shot blocking. He is not the classic anything, but man, is he fun to watch. Amazing really fun to watch. Uh Beyer, if you don't mind, I know you're working really hard and you've been uh filling in and of course we're getting ready for the uh, US Open and you are our golf guy, but I'm just I'm just wondering, like, did you did you say it was over after game three? What was your kind of takeaway watching three?
0: I thought that the heat looked like an eight seed. Um and that's kind of what you have to remember in all of this for as great as the run has been for Miami, um, with really just Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo providing anything for that team. I know Caleb Martin's been ill, but it was more of the heat sort of aspect from it. Like Djokovic is going to get his numbers, and Murray was going to get his numbers, and I was more impressed with Christian Brown's performance, um, because that's all that Denver just needs. They needed him, they need KCP, they need... They haven't gotten it from Michael Porter Jr., but uh just those guys, somebody to step up. Aaron Gordon was solid, and they should be all right. As long as Miami doesn't play out of their minds, they Denver should be all right. And that's the sense that I got. I know like the numbers were historic in game three. I just I just looked at what Brown did and really what Miami didn't do, that maybe this Cinderella run has come to an end.
3: I I I think there's a lot of truth, a lot of truth in that one. A lot of truth in it. Jay Stu, what was your takeaway after Game 3?
2: Game three. What was my takeaway? That uh, Braun is pronounced Brown. That, yes. that was my takeaway. Yes. And then I was told by Aaron Torres that, oh, man, that's something they've been talking about. The college, the college <laughs> guys. The inner circle college guys knew that years uh, ago. So This I, got
0: I, under, yeah, Jason's yeah,
2: yeah Was that, was that so. a
3: you're annoying? Did you guys do a you're annoying yesterday? No, no. I just kind of brought it up. Not, why did we not do that in the pod? Why, why are we doing you're annoying and you didn't bring up that Braun is Brown? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm more annoyed Torres.
3: I think it's his dad or his mom. One side of the family is all Mizzou people. All went to Mizzou, like crazy Mizzou alums. And then, obviously, he went to Kansas, and I think half his family went to went to KU. There, there are tribals. And then his mom was the one that Bill Self was, like, super friendly towards. And it's, there's nothing there, whatever. But his mom is very attractive. And I think the dad's a surgeon, I want to say, like... But that dude, he was awesome in Game Three. He was, he was out of his mind. But that's what he does. Like he's just a rim attacker, and he was, he went right at Jimmy Butler a couple times. Anyway, what, what else were you getting to? I'm sorry.
2: No, that was it. Um, uh, I didn't have any distinct reads on the game, but I did look at the schedule for the first time. Why are these games so spread out? Uh, if we get to Game Seven, it's going to end sometime in July. They have uh, three days between today's game and Monday's game, right? And then they don't play again until Thursday. Do you remember it being this this drawn out? Yes. I, I don't recall this. Anyways, yes. that annoys me.
3: It's already set up. I mean, it's set up for TV. It's interesting that they, they play Monday and not Sunday. Right. I would have thought Sunday was the big ratings day. Bayer, you any you want a hypothesis on any of that? Why it's
0: Monday, not Sunday? Um. I know they used to try to avoid Fridays, and so you would have this weird schedule where you would go Thursday, Thursday to Sunday. Sunday, yeah, yeah, then Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then you would, they, then they would jump to a Sunday again. That's how it would set up. I don't know if they just kind of have said like, who cares, or if there is a game seven, um, they wanted to fall on that. Sunday, but it would normally anyway. I think it's just to give the teams two days rest instead of just one, which between games three and four are the only times that we're going to get this short rest. Ooh. So I think it's I think it's just to try to give them the maximum amount of rest and still have it end on a game seven on a Sunday night. Of did eight. you
3: watch the whole thing or did you turn it off when it was when it was twenty?
0: I had it on. Um, you know, so, I just let it play out to the end. I can't say that I was locked in. But, I mean, it was a game. It, it, the Nuggets... Here's the thing with Denver, and I'll say this. Their, their ability to separate in the third quarter was like, OK, there's something here, but we saw how many times have they blown fourth quarter leads. So, you're sitting there getting locked in. Even if Miami hits a couple shots with five minutes to go, three minutes to go, you were like, OK, Denver could blow this. Yeah, absolutely, and then there was you know like turnover under the basket. So yeah, so no, I was, they they I was they, tri- they
3: they they tried to make it sort of close there, and you're like, oh, are they going to they going to let this thing be a game? Miss some free throws as well. Um, yeah, I, I was I was watching for the same thing. They will they'll make it hard in your heart if you're a Nuggets fan. I'm not sure how many hardcore Nuggets fans there are. There's lots of other funny stuff in terms of people's coverage of Jokic, not, not not understanding what they're seeing and how special it is what they're seeing. We'll get to some of that.
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From BBC
2: Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
0: He says, Somebody's in the house, and I
5: screamed.
3: (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever
1: you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
4: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
3: The DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code Gottlieb for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Gottlieb, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's keep the discussion going about the NBA. A lot of stuff going on off of the court, but there's also the NBA Finals. Uh, Mark Stein is the NBA correspondent for Substack. Check out the newest podcast available uh, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download podcasts. Chris Haynes, Mark Stein. It's called This League Uncut. It dishes on the biggest NBA topics, rumblings beyond just what Mark and Chris Haynes report on social media with candor and opinions. Again, it's called This League Uncut. Mark Stein joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Give me your biggest takeaway from Game 3, Mark.
6: You just got kind of to tip your hat, I think, to how good Jokic and Murray were. Um, you know, we have to really consider, is this the best duo in the league? You wouldn't have said that during the regular season, but Jamal Murray, he, just, he hates when we discuss it. we He hates when we frame it like this. But, you know, he's averaging 27 a game in these playoffs, and his career scoring average is only 17 in the regular season. Now, obviously, some of that is the injury that cost him a whole season, knocked him out for a whole year, and the recovery from that. But, I mean, he has gone to a different stratosphere in these playoffs. And, look, Denver was facing the first real adversity it had faced in this postseason. Because if you go down 2-1, it just reignites all the doubts that the Nuggets faced going into the playoffs. So just that was to me, just a really, you know, we talk so much about Miami's toughness, and that was just a very steely Game 3 performance from a team that, you know, this is their first time on this stage, and they continue to impress.
3: Help me out with this, and I don't know if people um, have have heard this. The Nuggets are making a trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder while the finals are going on, but it's to help position them for the future how is this all working how does it all work together
6: the reason it can work because you're you know you're you're typically not allowed to make trades until the offseason starts and obviously Denver's offseason hasn't started but this is a shuffling of draft picks. it doesn't involve any current players so that's why the nuggets are avail- the nuggets are able to agree to it now and look it's a it's a deal that in the short term brings them draft picks quicker they're giving up 2029 20, first, that obviously Oklahoma City is valuing that for its down the line future. But when you have an expensive team, and you know, especially, you know, we, we I think every time I visit with you now, we talk about the new CBA, just the challenges that it's going to put on you. Really got to get your main two guys absolutely right. You have to lock in a duo that you really believe in because. The expenses that the salaries that a top two usually commands—it's going to take up so much of your salary cap. So Denver still has Michael Porter Jr. on the books as well as at a significant number. So the, the idea of getting multiple swings in this draft, in the next draft, and possibly finding more players—a I mean, Christian Brown is huge for them to have a rookie on a rookie scale deal. Who can contribute in the finals the way Brown played in game three? That's priceless. When you're a good team, when you're a team that's spending a lot of money on your main pieces, you really have to nail the draft and the minimum signings. You know, finding a guy like Bruce Brown. I mean, Denver's going to have a heck of a time trying to keep Bruce Brown, but he might well be a key piece to a championship before he departs. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get more in free agency than they can afford to pay him to stay, most likely.
3: Okay, that, that lends me to a couple questions. Okay, the first thing is, it feels like, again... And you know a lot more about this. By the way, the the podcast is called This League Uncut. Download it. It's a must-listen. It's awesome. Chris Haynes and Mark Stein. Mark Stein joining us right now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. So it feels like the the philosophy is kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Where you you load up on Mahomes and a couple of the pieces, and then you just got a hit in the draft because draft guys don't make nearly the same amount of money, right? So you have, instead of doing the... Uh, getting the old guys that everybody has tried to do with championship teams, right? Where you fill out your roster, you get a couple of stars, you fill out your roster with guys just trying to win a championship. They're going to try and do it by getting a bunch of young guys, maybe to get them through the regular season, hoping one can hit for them in the postseason. Is that fair?
6: Yeah, well, I think really what it is is for so long the conversation in the NBA has been, can you put a big three together? Can we get three stars together? But now, really, because the penalties for teams that spend the most are going to be so restrictive. If you cross into second apron territory, which means if you go 17.5 million past the luxury line, you just lose the ability to, you know, make trades the same way. You can't do buyout signings. You're going to, your draft picks get locked. Like it just, all your roster building tools get taken away. And so that's why it's not even just, the draft is hugely important. Your minimum signings are hugely important. But I think just as important, you have to have a twosome that really works and that you know can work. And that's why a team like Boston, for example, has to ask itself some hard questions because Jalen Brown this summer is going to be eligible for a five-year deal worth nearly $300 million. And the summer after that, him eligible for the same thing. And if you go with those two guys, you're, if you give them those max deals, Boston's not going to be able to have the depth around those two that they had this year, and they didn't win when they were deep. So that's why you know, I think in the short term, Boston ends up keeping both to give them more time because, again, two-way wings are so valuable in today's NBA. I, you know I think they're going to give that duo more chances to try to finally break through and win that first championship, but you know, it, it is it is a question that Boston does have to ask itself this off season: Is that the road we really want to go down, or is it better to trade Jalen Brown and break what would be a massive contract into two or three pieces that maybe give Jason Tatum more help around him?
3: Chris Haynes, uh, he was on with Dan Patrick, and obviously, being a, a Northern California guy, having a great relationship with Dame. He laid out the uh, potential draft places that if Dame got, Damian Lillard got to the point where he wanted to be traded, where he would go. It, when, whenever you get to potential places and, hypo, you know, and hypotheticals, especially with a guy as connected to a player as Chris is to Damian Lillard, uh, sh- should we read that this is going to happen, or is it still in the hypothetical stages?
6: Yeah, I actually didn't read it that way at all. And when, you know, Dame, I think yesterday kind of went on and did his own live stream. He did an interview earlier this week with Showtime that got everybody talking and it lasered in on the heat and the net. But I think when Dame elaborated on it, he said that, uh, you know, that key parts of that interview were not shown and his whole answer was not given because Dame himself continues to say, he said it again yesterday, that he thinks he will still be, in Portland, when next season starts, and where we are now, basically approaching mid-June, I would still agree with that. Now, it what happens on draft night may change that scenario because you know Dame's made it clear that you know he wants more win-now talent around him. So, if Portland just makes the pick at number three and drafts a young player, drafts say, a fast food Henderson, then that might signal that okay, now they really are going to start looking at game trades, but, I, no, I think it's just too, I, I think people are getting ahead of themselves, really. It, we, 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 it's still not clear what path Portland's going to go down.
3: Um, the Wizards are going to go through what we're told is a complete rebuild. Does that mean Brad Beal can be had?
6: Well, the tricky part there is, remember, Bradley Beal has the only no-trade clause in the NBA, the only full no-trade clause in the whole league, so he's not going anywhere unless he consents to a trade. But I think the messaging, I think what you're hearing is Michael Winger, who's their new president of basketball operations, by all accounts, he's been kind of given the clearance to if that's the path he chooses, if he thinks that's the best direction for the Wizards to go, that he can look at trading Beal. You know, Chris Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma could be free agents. And it's just, you know, under the previous regime, all the thought was, that Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma were going to get contract extensions, and now I think everything's on the table. They're looking at all the options, and who knows? Maybe Beale, maybe they find a deal that they like. You know, Bradley Beal has a massive contract; it's two hundred fifty mil. He's only one, only completed one, you know, one year of a five-year, two hundred fifty million dollar deal. So, uh, you know, they're going to have if if trading Beal is their preferred option, they're going to have to find a team that Beal wants to go to. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we at least have to monitor that monitor that possibility now. Whereas before I think the indication, or I think around the league, most people would have felt that Washington was going to kind of keep their core together.
3: Um, uh, Chris Paul is being released. Right. Um, But there's, there's a lot of speculation about his future. What's, what's the most likely fit for him?
6: Well, that, Getting released is the most likely outcome. First, the Suns will probably try to trade him, because Chris has a real.
3: Okay, don't worry. We got a little bad connection there with. Uh with with Mark Steinwerder to call him back. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. This is the uh, it, it always happens right right in the in the in the meat of the like the the biggest name most important. I probably should have led with Chris. Should have led with Chris Paul. Okay, you were saying Chris Paul has a I I think you were going to say a contract that is uh is is pretty easy to take on. Is that what you are going to say?
6: Well, it's just the way it's structured. If they waive him by June twenty eighth. The Suns are only on the hook for 15.8 million of the 30.8 million that they would owe him next season if they let that date pass and picked up the contract. So that theoretically, that kind of contract structure could appeal to another team. They could try to trade Chris Paul to a team that would send the Suns, multiple pieces, and then that team waves Chris Paul. But I think the expectation is, and the, you know, the guts of what Chris reported, are if the Suns do not find a trade for Chris Paul between now and June 28th, they're going to waive him. And that could take one of two forms. They could waive and stretch him, which means the money they owe him is spread out,
3: over
5: three years,
6: years. Yeah. and it and it gives them the full mid level to go out this summer and you know try to find replacement. But in that scenario the Suns cannot re sign Chris Paul. If they just waive him outright, they have less free agent money to spend, but they could theoretically re-sign Chris Paul on a minimum deal. My feeling, my read is if, if you know if they waive him, I just think Chris Paul's gonna play the field. I think he's more likely to look around, see what's out there than resign with the Suns who just waived him. I, I can't imagine, knowing as competitive as Chris is, I can't imagine he would love that scenario.
3: I, listen, I, I agree with you. I guess the question is, does does the league think, or do those top teams think, he can be a starter on a championship team? I know he wants to win a championship, but can he realistically be a starter and counted on on a championship team?
6: I would put it like this. If he paid his full $30.8 million next season, You would have doubts because he's 38 and he keeps sustaining injuries. But if he goes to the free agent market and you're only paying him a mid-level deal or less, he's going to have multiple suitors. And you start with the two teams in LA. I'm sure the Lakers and the Clippers would have interest in Chris Paul if he's suddenly a free agent. So it's based, you know, based on we'll be able to make that judgment easier when we see if he's a free agent or if he were still on that more expensive deal.
3: Uh, last thing, uh, some of Zion Williamson's personal uh, situation has been aired on social media. Um, there's been a lot of talk about John Morant, but is there, what? what's the level of concern for Zion Williamson in New Orleans?
6: Look, I got to be honest, I've all, the way I've always approached it is I don't, touch that kind of stuff with a thousand foot pole until it affects someone's on court situation. And right now it's just a bunch of social media noise. And I understand that people want to talk about it or pay attention to it or whatever, but, um, but, but
3: but but listen, listen, respectfully, I agree with you, right? Is this personal stuff? I got to get nothing to do with it. But when you factor it in with the weight issues and the inability to stay healthy, it, it paints the picture differently than job, but of a guy who, he got to mature, right? He's got to get his stuff in order. Like, he, it, I, I agree with you, until, but isn't it potentially taken away from him instead of being hyper-focused on his body and on getting back on the floor? Well, he might think, be hyper-focused.
6: All, all that would be true, whether or not this social media stuff was out there, which, again, is, is all this social media noise even true? I mean that's that's another reason why like I just don't think it's right to really get into it. I mean is it sure. real, you know, I mean again, it's it certainly I I mean I'm sure the pelicans are monitoring it, paying attention to it, but the discussion about getting in better conditions, you know, that's a priority no matter what. I mean, he, you know, he he you know, the injuries have been such that I mean, you know, Charles Barkley says it as loudly as anyone and I think Charles has a platform to say it as loudly and as credibly as anyone because he faced similar issues when he played so when when he says it i mean i think that you know zion really should be listening but the other stuff like it's to me it's it's just you know i i don't think it's not even verified yet so that's why i'm, I'm just saying it's not it's not something i'm focused on covering at this point Totally
3: fair. That's Mark Stein. Of course, uh, he's an NBA correspondent for Substack. And by the way, if you're going to download an NBA podcast, this is the one It's called This League Uncut. He and Chris Haynes. Everything going on inside the NBA that you wish you knew more about, they got for you. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you very soon.
1: All right, sir. Be good. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. From
2: BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote the 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known
6: to americans and yet there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates young voters who are angry the campaign moment podcast from the washington post gives you what matters I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
3: Stuck out the show, Fox Sports Radio Game Times brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save progressive.com. Let's get to a game with Dan Beyer. Hey, time.
1: This is Game Time.
5: It's Game
0: Time.
1: On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: Dan, what do you got, my friend? Doug, the game today is... All right, Psychic. Psychic? Will the 2023 NBA Finals be the only Finals appearance for Nikola Jokic in his career? Uh, No. No. I think he'll be back. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. finals appearance. I didn't say he would win a championship for sure, but yes, finals appearance, I'll be in the one.
0: All right, psychic, will Jimmy Butler be considered a top 10 NBA player entering next season? Uh, no. No. Mm. no. Don't think the the playoff push has elevated to top elevated him to top 10 status? No, I do not believe so. All right. That's a yes and no version of Psychic today. Let's no, go. I, you Let's said
3: you said I, I said no. I, I, <laughs> and then you challenged I me and I, I said no.
0: I know. I just you know, I just you know, I didn't know if we were gonna get other players. Don't worry about it. Psychic, where will Chris Paul ultimately end up next season?
3: Oh, that's a great question. Great question. Um I think Chris Paul, I think he'll end up in Philadelphia. Ooh, that
0: would be something.
3: Well, I mean, the talk is Harden chasing the check going to Houston, right? Mm -hmm. Monty Williams is in Philadelphia. Oh, no, not not, 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 mine. I mean, Nick Nurse is in Philadelphia. He wants to win. He needs a veteran guy to go along with, with Joel Embiid. Uh, I think that's 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 how you do it.
0: All right, psychic, will Novak Djokovic be considered the greatest men's tennis player in history if he wins the French Open on Sunday?
3: Will he be no? Should he be yes? I think Federer is generally considered better. Uh, and then I think obviously Rafa would have been better had he not sustained so many injuries, especially his knees. Uh, but will he be considered? No. Should he be? Yeah. But he won't be. Did you just say that Federer is betterer? <laughs> I did say Federer is considered betterer.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Psychic. Will DeAndre Hopkins reunite with Bill O'Brien in New England? Feels that way, doesn't it? Yes, it feels does. That, it feels
3: that way. And, like, kind of feels like it worked. Like, they've done the late in career and they've been desperately searching for a big target that. That Mac Jones can throw to that,
0: yeah, kind of feels like it. Titans didn't seem like it was. You know, he's going to visit with them. I just don't see that as a destination for him. But, but. Yeah, there is something. There is something to New England. All right, finally psychic. How many times will UCLA fans outnumber their opponents during the Big Ten football schedule in twenty twenty four? So this is Big Ten games. They host five Big Ten games that year, with the official opponents being released yesterday. Nebraska, Ohio State, USC, Minnesota, and Northwestern are the home schedule for the Bruins. How many will UCLA? How many of those games will UCLA fans outnumber the rival fans?
3: Um, Northwestern game will be the only one. One. Oh, even
0: Goldie Gophers.
3: Oh my gosh, Minnesota! And, they, and when was last? Have they been in a Rose Bowl? When was the last time they're in a Rose Bowl? <laughs> I, no, I'm. I'm. I'm not no, asking. I, to be, no, I know you're not, right. I'm not condescending. I'm saying like, like. Yeah, the, it's been the, like the 60
0: whole, years, I think. Right,
3: and they're like, dude, trip to LA in. You know, they'll probably if they're smart, they'll schedule it kind of later in the year. That stadium is going to be packed. It'll be a lot like when the Chargers came to Carson. You know, I mean, Nebraska fans will be ridiculous. It'll be crazy. Um, So, yeah, Minnesota will. I think Northwestern's the only one. And that's really only because size of fan base and location of fan base. Northwestern's small private school. And that's game time. (laughs)
0: That's game, huh? Game time. This
1: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code Gottlieb for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Gottlieb, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, okay, so the PGA Live merger, I'd, I'd love to hear Buyer's take on that because he's so uh, intertwined and is so knowledgeable about golf. I'll give you give you my thoughts about it because... There's one group that's being put out there. Put out there. It's the it's the what about the kids argument for golf that I want to get to. So we'll do that at the top of next hour. Plus, we'll get you ready for tonight's uh game, what is it, game four? Game four of the NBA finals. And we got Mark Dominic. And we'll ask him about what's the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins. And what about Dalvin Cook? Bad shoulder, but had a you know, back-loaded contract in terms of the salary cap hit, and that's why he's now a free agent, and why released now? I think those are all kind of viable, viable questions. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. A reminder, by the way, the In the Bonus podcast will be live at, what is that, uh, 5 on the East, 2 on the West. We'll go live with a pod, talk about a bunch of stuff, including, uh, I'll give you my pick of the night, and what's who or what is annoying Jason Stewart. But, but coming up next... Um, Next week is the US Open. Crazy times in golf. Now that the dust is settled, who actually did win in the merger? We discuss next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.
4: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.